Now, everybody hates paying taxes, but few people actually go to the lengths that my guest today has gone to by moving to a totally different country to reap the most tax benefits of real estate investing. Now, don't worry, you don't have to move out of the country to see incredible tax savings. And my guest, Jack Krupe, walks us through why people are ditching REITs and investing in funds and syndications to leverage their tax benefits to the max. This is Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate, where we guide you through the relentless pursuit of financial independence. I'm your host, Justin Moy, Managing Partner at Perpetual Wealth Capital, a multifamily real estate investing firm that lets everyday people invest passively in income-producing apartment buildings. Hey, investors, welcome back to another episode of Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate. Today, I'm sitting down with Jack Krupe. Now, Jack has been investing in both real estate and distressed debt since 2001. And in 2014, Jack entered into a partnership with a large private equity fund and led the asset management arm of that firm that made over $3 billion in purchases of non-performing and re-performing mortgage debt between 2015 and 2019. Now, Jack has since started jcaminvestments.com to focus on alternative assets such as value-add multifamily real estate now with more than 4,500 units in over 25 properties and across 13 states. And Jack, we're really excited to have you here and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I would love to dive into your experience and see, I guess, how you ended up where you're at now with JCAM Investments. So you've done a lot, right? From private equity to debt restructuring and oil and gas and a lot of alternative investments that we were talking about before we recorded. I want to know what kind of settled you into more of that multifamily space. It sounds like that's a primary investment strategy for you currently now, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So to give a brief background, I did some of the traditional real estate, the fix and flip, the single family, single one, two, four families, my first couple of years. And then after the financial crisis of 2008, you know, pivoted heavily into the distressed debt market. And that was a crazy ride. We made a lot of money, but I was also living in New York City paying 50% tax rates. And you know, I wasn't really allowed to buy distressed debt personally. So I started investing in multifamily just as a limited partner because Everything else I was going to invest in, I was going to pay 50% tax on, and the depreciation benefits were a way to just get some tax-deferred passive income. I was fortunate to get bought out of that firm, the distressed debt firm, and I moved to Puerto Rico. There's also some tax incentives down there. And I just really liked the story of multifamily. The deals I've been investing in personally were doing really well. There's obviously a lot of inflation right now, and it was really just part of my investment thesis to invest heavily in multifamily. And what I did was I built a fund around what I'm going to invest in anyway. I've heard a good quote to monetize your mission. And that's really what I did was monetize my mission. And I now for the first time had an opportunity to allow my friends and family and people that I've known over the years to invest alongside me. When I was on Wall Street, it was all pension funds and it was not really open to regular accredited investors. So yeah, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I love the asset class. I love the value add story for multifamily. It's the biggest part of what we do currently. Yeah. So you moved all the way to Puerto Rico to get away from New York taxes. Yes, uh, I did. And I, I stayed for the people. There's thousands of mainlanders that moved down here. So there's a great community of entrepreneurs down here that are really talented and like-minded. So it's a really cool place to be. Because I've heard that in the past, like entrepreneurs literally moving to Puerto Rico and just kind of living there and working remote. So you do that still currently? You're still down there? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm here probably nine and a half months of the year. You know, when I'm not here, I'm traveling to conferences. I was just at the Intelligent Investor Conference last week. I'll be in Denver for best ever and then touring properties. 
whether it's diligence trips or if I'm in an area, I like to stop in and see some of the properties we're invested in. Educate us on sort of the tax benefits there, because a lot of people do invest in multifamily for the tax benefits. And we could talk about those maybe for people still in the States in a little bit, but why move to Puerto Rico? What other benefits did you get? Puerto Rico has a series of tax incentives and uh, they consolidated them under what's called Act 60. And there's two parts of that. There's the Export Services Act. So any money you're making off of island, but from Puerto Rico, which includes fund management, various people who do like internet marketing, really anything that you would get a 1099 for in the US as a consultant is only taxed at 4% in Puerto Rico. And if you're a resident of Puerto Rico, you pay no federal income tax on Puerto Rico sourced income. So instead of paying 37% in Florida, you're paying only 4% to Puerto Rico and there's no federal income tax. Separately, there's also no short-term or long-term capital gains. And that includes stocks, options, crypto. So there's a lot of stock option equity traders down here as well, including there's a few famous Brock Pierce's down here. There's a few like pretty famous uh, Bitcoin people that are down here now. A lot of people invest in multifamily to get away from taxes or to lower their taxable income. But I mean, that's just next level. And I love the drive to, to keep the money that you make. So you say that the fund is your primary way of acquiring now. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? You know, Maybe start from the beginning. What is a fund and why is it different from maybe what we do, which is we find the deal and then we have the offering. We take it to our investors. They want to invest. They're investing in that property. Can you kind of walk us through how the fund model is different? Sure. So there's two parts of this. Number one is I wanted diversification. And a lot of the people in my network are not professional multifamily investors. And they only maybe have a few hundred thousand allocation to go into the space. And they have to decide, do they want to be in Dallas? Do they want to be in Phoenix? Do they want to be in Atlanta? And what I wanted to do, and it seemed like there was a real need, is to set up a diversified fund where they could put their money in with our fund. And we're invested across multiple regions, multiple sponsors, mostly class B multifamily, but there's a few student housing deals. So we really provided that diversification. And the value we provide to sponsors is we're a consistent source of capital. We're a programmatic investor. So when a sponsor like you finds a deal and you have 30 days to raise $5 million or more, we're reliable. And once we're in with a sponsor and we vetted them, we're generally in every deal they're in. So they can count on us for a significant piece of that capital. And in some cases, we're also getting better deal terms because many sponsors will offer lower fees if you're coming in for a half million dollars or more. So for our investors, we do charge management fees ourselves. We're getting them better terms. So it offsets a good amount of our management fees in these deals. So it really is a win-win. So the diversification is a huge part of that because if somebody gives you, let's say, $100,000, it's not in one deal. You know, Your fund could be taking that pool of money and investing it in multiple deals. Is it similar to like a REIT or some of these apps where they're actually publicly traded or what's the key difference there? The difference between a REIT for sure is that we have the tax benefits. And that's actually a big mistake that a lot of high net worth investors make. If you're in the top's tax bracket and you own REITs, you're probably paying 29.7% tax on those dividends. Whereas if you're in a private fund or a real estate syndication, you're actually showing a loss each year. You're getting your preferred return tax deferred. And usually you don't pay tax until the properties actually sell. So we're a private fund through regulation D 506 C, which means we're open to accredited investors. The difference is there's not really liquidity. Liquidity happens when the properties sell. So we tell our investors that, you know, you're in until the properties liquidate and the cash flow is generally returned between three and five years. Most syndication deals are three to five years as well. And since we have 25 plus, 
the capital won't be as an individual deal because some deals may sell in three years, others may refinance, others may sell in five. So we have a chart that it sort of shows what potential cash flow may look like. And it's not as exact as where you press sell, but overall the returns have outperformed the market over the years, especially when you factor in a 37% discount on taxes the first year for many people. Yeah. I get so passionate about talking about the taxes of it because it's something that people never really realize hurts them so much in the long term. And I've invested in REITs and I thought, oh my God, this is going great. I was getting some pretty decent returns and it was truly passive. I just put my money in an app, didn't matter. But then there were so many fees at the end. And when I went to go take my money out, even after a long period of time, I still had to take fees and I still had to pay an enormous amount of taxes on it. As opposed to when we're more on the active side or when we're actually investing in the asset, we get all of those tax benefits. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's hugely important. How do people feel, I guess, about it's not that they don't have the choice, right? But it's a little bit different when you invest in a syndication because, hey, we bring a deal and the investor can say, eh, maybe I don't like this market or eh, maybe I don't like this property or I don't like the business plan here. You know, I'll pass on this one as opposed to the fund. I mean, they're almost pre paying in a sense, right? Like they're giving the money and then the deal will come. Are there any additional pressures, I guess, that investors should kind of be aware of or anything for you guys that's different about doing it in that prepay fashion as opposed to, hey, now we're bringing the deal first and then the money will come second? Sure. So the initial investors in the fund are more in that boat. So when we're acquiring our first couple of properties, however, we keep the fund open for about a year. Yep. So the initial investors... We've already have a really good track record. They know and trust us and they trust us more than themselves to pick and choose the right properties. As the fund is matured, we have 25 properties and you can look at what we have. So as the later investors have come in, they've seen the track record already building and the run that multifamily has had over the last year, there's properties we bought last January where rents are already up 30% or more. So they're seeing the success of the fund and there's less faith needed in us at this point because the data is already there and we're very transparent. You know, there's certain investors that just want to look at every deal and feel more comfortable that way. And there are certain investors that just really want the diversification and they're coming to us for that purpose. So, you know, it's not for everyone, but there's definitely a solid base of investors that you know, we're providing a ton of value for and they like working with us. Yeah. Because my understanding of funds before I was really nitty gritty in the real estate industry, and maybe I still misunderstand this, but I always thought that funds were primarily made up of private or family offices or huge corporations that have millions or hundreds of millions of dollars. I guess what percentage of your fund is individuals as opposed to, you know, a family office? Is it all individuals or do you have family office money or how does that structure? Yeah, it's probably 90% individuals, at least by entry. And then there's one or two groups that I've had you know, long-term relationships with and other strategic partnerships that are in for, you know, seven figures plus in capital. And for them, it was strategic because they wanted to pivot more into the multifamily space. And it was a way for them to get to know me, but also we're very transparent with our data. So they're getting paid and they're learning about the market. And as we look at new deals, they get to see the results of our current deals. And more than likely a group like that longer term is also going to invest side by side alongside of us, or we may work as special fund with them in the future. If they're going to do $50 million, they're probably going to do that alongside us separately where we're kind of an advisor or consultant, which is fine with me as well. But yeah, we're targeting, frankly, after years of being on Wall Street, I really like working with the accredited investor space and the non-institutional capital. It's really rewarding for me to sit down with the doctor who's 
wife manages some properties or husband manages some properties and you know was very close to being a real estate professional, but their accountant wasn't giving them the proper advice. And I've referred people to our CPAs and they've been able to save seven figures in taxes because they realized that if one of the two spouses qualifies as a real estate professional and you're filing jointly, you can write off your entire active income. So there's surgeons that are saving a million dollars a year in taxes. And that's really rewarding for me to just figure out the efficiencies of the market. Yeah. I guess dive into that a little bit more because that's something that not so much maybe the real estate professional designation, but the tax savings for it, because yeah, there's huge upside to these that can push your top line up. I mean, you said it yourself earlier, some properties are growing in rent 30%. I mean, here in Phoenix, it was something like 28% last year. Absolutely crazy. And so, yes, you're making more of that money, but then you're also saving more in taxes. And so people, most of the time when they're projecting gains, don't even consider, don't even think about those taxes, but what kind of tax savings is, let's say the average person, let's say they're not a real estate professional. I mean, what kind of tax benefits are they kind of looking at the average person, I guess? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're at the top tax bracket at a minimum, you're saving 37% or you're deferring 37% annually. It's hard to say exactly. I mean, if you're a person who owns a few rental properties and whether they're long-term or an Airbnb, if you're writing off any other passive income, you're saving dollar for dollar 37%. If you own nothing else, worst case, you're getting a tax deferred, whether it's six, eight, 10% a year, whatever the money's coming off, because you get a loss year one and you carry that forward indefinitely. So the worst case scenario is you're getting six, eight, 10% tax deferred. And it's kind of like an IRA without having to have an IRA. And you can do that with post-tax money. So now if you are a real estate professional or you have other schedule E income, it doesn't need to be real estate. It could be a piece of a business you own that you're not active in. Some people are saving significantly more in taxes through investing in these deals. That's so incredible. That's something that you know, taxes and inflation. I mean, you were talking before we started recording. I mean, it just drives us crazy. And I love you. You moved to Puerto Rico to get away from taxes. That's something I got to look into in the future. Um, you're there with all the other high rollers, but things that definitely need to be considered when you're investing in these things. I like how you said, hey, yes, the REITs are out there. Maybe they're a little bit more liquid, but that's really the only place that I guess these more conventional strategies kind of have the benefit over real estate, right? As they're liquid. There's actually some studies that have been done about alternative investments versus standard investments. And the only category where alternative investments, including real estate, didn't come out as number one was in liquidity. So if you can sacrifice a little bit of liquidity, you're going to have enormous upside for the life of your investment. Jack, this has been super, super helpful to me. You know, learn a lot about funds and about some of the benefits and maybe some of the people who should look into these a little bit more. How can people actually get a hold of you and who do you think is a good fit to get in contact? Our website is jkminvestments.com. We also have a YouTube channel. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We have Twitter. Your social media of choice, Instagram. You can find us, whatever your chosen social media is. And really any accredited investor. We love to strategize and really think of ourselves as sort of consultants. We're not licensed wealth managers, but frankly, there's some good financial advisors. But you know, I think a lot of people probably should fire their financial advisor. They're not set up to manage alternative assets. A lot of them, if they can't get paid for it, they're not going to recommend it. And this is a new niche really since the Jobs Act of 2012. These are country club deals that are now available to everyone that's in our club. So I encourage everyone to just continue to educate yourself and reach out. And we're happy to answer questions and see if we might be a fit to be part of your financial future. 
Awesome, Jack. Well, thank you so much. We're going to put links to get in touch with JCAM Investments. We're going to put the links in the show notes. And listeners, while you're in the show notes, if you haven't already, of course, make sure you download our free ebook, The Definitive Guide to Building Generational Wealth and Passive Cash Flow Through Multifamily Real Estate. Jack, thank you so much for coming on the show. And listeners, thank you so much for spending a couple minutes of your day with us.